to episode 12, I think, of the Moon Tea podcast uh, with your co-hosts, John and Hugh. Also, a fun episode. We're in the same room today, so uh, about time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, today, we're joined by Michael O'Neill. Do you, do you want to be Dr. Mike? Mike? Whatever you like. And uh, yeah, Mike, Mike, is, Mike is cool because... He he'll, he can go into this, but he does all kinds of stuff like optometrist by day, billboard entrepreneur and software entrepreneur by night, and uh, he's also getting into the crypto game. So hopefully we are not fun. successfully. <laughs> <laughs> depends depends on the time of day. Yeah, it's, it's kind of been a hard last stretch. <laughs> so hopefully uh, we have some fun stuff to to talk about and. Cool. Uh, yeah. Anything? Anything I say here? Let's get into it. All right. I'm turning this way. <laughs> awesome. So, where do you guys want to start? Let's hear a bit about yourself first. Like, do you want to do a quick introduction? Sure. I was born at a very early age, and fast forward a little bit from there. So, uh, I'm a practicing eye doctor. I am an entrepreneur, and have a couple companies. And that's about it. How exciting, right? This is where all the viewers and listeners just tune up. <laughs> Drop off for it. Oh, goodness. All right. Stay tuned for next episode. We're ending early. <laughs> uh, exactly. Yeah. So I'm here today um, to kind of, uh, we've been talking the whole time we've been here and lots and lots of stuff to talk about. The whole electrification of cars, the crypto space, um, you name it. So what do you guys think is most exciting? Where do we start? Electricity. Electrical let's, vehicles. Let's, let's get into it. Yeah. Let's get into it. So I will I will say this. Uh, for those of you who do not know me, I'm I'm a huge Tesla Elon Musk fanboy and same. I listen, Guilty. I, I just want to be cool, so I'm also there. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's right there with me. The first time I the first time I ever met Hugh, he said I moved to San Francisco because I was inspired by Elon Musk. And I was like, oh, me already. <laughs> and uh, awesome. and uh, when, when uh, I connected with, with Mike, that was the, we, we talked about like, oh, do you, do you listen to this podcast? Do you follow this person? Do you read this blog? And it was the first time that I had met someone who had read and watched and listened to everything that I also did. And so we're brothers from another mother. Yeah, and that never happens. Usually, usually I'm the one where people are like, "Holy shit, man! Like, why, why do you, why do you care this much?" And I don't know. I, I it's just, mm-hmm. I guess, I guess for me, it's fun. Uh, I like, I like reading about it. Uh, it's, it's really cool to see the progress because there is a lot of progress um, and, and daily progress when you get deep enough into it. Yeah, spectacular. Yeah, and. I think it's just a lot of fun to like you learn a lot about a company and an industry when you're when you're like like I'm not I'm not the one doing things but I'm but I'm reading about it and like mm-hmm. keeping up to date and thinking about it and uh and now making a podcast about it hopefully yeah. hopefully I have something to say um and so yeah that, that was that was really cool that was like that was a cool way that that we got connected absolutely um, do you want to talk a little bit about your your journey into learning about EVs, about how you got interested in Tesla and like where you think things could be going. Yeah, starting out, um, I just love the idea of not putting crushed dinosaurs in my car to make you go. I tell my kids that all the time that, you know, mommy has to stop and put the crushed dinosaurs in the minivan, um, but we don't have to do that. And then the kids are learning about how the car goes, where the electricity comes from, that you can actually have uh, like an average typical American family and not rape and pillage the, the environment. So I think I found out I was a little bit of a closet tree hugger to, um, at some point in time, but that got me excited. And then I looked at the company and, oh, wow, there's nothing like it. I mean, you the more you peel back the onion, more you realize that the 
the public and especially the media, they just don't understand what is happening here. They just don't have a clue. And it's not that, um, um, it's not that they're, I think a lot of them are just unwilling. Admittedly, I don't think Tesla does a spectacular job of PR considering they fired their PR crew. <laughs> like the whole, Elon literally got rid of them. Um, but uh, the company is, is spectacular. And folks are still thinking it's a car company. Um, I guess it is, but they're an AI company. And if you look at all of the big, enormous um, players in the, well, in the stock market, the ones with the deepest and most incredible AI win. So what are the car companies that most people have heard of have any AI? Artificial intelligence, right? Um, GM? And we do the X on screen here. Yeah, right. <laughs> Ford, like Ford, please. Um, Cadillac. Cadillac has this autonomous system where the car will drive itself so long as it's on an interstate that's been mapped out to the inch or millimeter by other lead vehicles and blah blah blah. So where's um where's Tesla going? It's going to be mind blowing for people when we roll around in 2025, 2030 and see what comes with that. Yeah, and just just for some context, Mike has you have one or two Tesla. You have two Teslas right now, and they you both. You have the FSD package for both of them. Yeah. Uh, so you have the you have the latest chip, but uh, still waiting on the, the latest update. Got an update this morning. My phone said there was an update. I immediately researched the version number. I'm like, oh man, it's a cold weather update. I'm just fingers crossed that, that the the big one's coming for the updates. But yeah, we I've had autopilot since it was not supremely safe way back in the day. I had a Model S. Another Model S, and then we traded that in to get a three, and then we got another three. Um, I've got a cyber truck on order, and I cannot wait for that thing. Um, we skipped the Model S. That's the thing. Just we skipped it. Yeah, because we have the threes, and the Model S, even with the, the amazing trade-in value, it's still maybe thirty thousand dollars, and the Model Three is a fantastic car. The Model S is just a even more fantastic car. So we're gonna probably hold off on that one. Just wait for the truck. I love it. So with regards to and your statement a bit ago about how Tesla's one of the few, if not top players in the AI part of the auto autonomous driving industry. Yeah. Do you there's the only other one I know of is Waymo and I guess if not too many others are really breaking through. I'm curious about what your thoughts are on just the, the beautiful, the cars are beautiful, the auto driving technology is beautiful. Do you think, do you have any thoughts on the Waymo slash Tesla competition? Sure, Tesla's won. In what way? Yeah, they, they've already won. Um, the Waymo senior execs are leaving. The CEO just left. I think there's a second one that just left. That's always concerning. But the, the, it, there's two different architectures. The way Tesla works is with cameras and sensors. Um, it models the human way of driving. Two eyes and a neural net up here in your brain. So they're approaching it the same way. The Waymo guys, their company rolls into an area and maps it perfectly. They run a vehicle through with LiDAR, a ridiculous right? amount of lasers sticking out of it. The spinning, the spinning LiDAR yeah. that shoots thousands of lasers. Well, it's insanely accurate. Yeah. I mean, um, you, they're probably at the level where if there's a chocolate bar wrapper in the street, they could they could basically map that thing out and tell you what what you know kid threw it out. But the their approach requires that their mapping vehicle has to roll down every street in America and every street in every other country in order to map. We got to roll a, a vehicle down every street. So then that's awesome. It's incredibly accurate at the time the vehicle rolls down. What happens if somebody fixes a pothole or creates a pothole or who knows what, any change and they have to remap it. Tesla's approach is that the cars run in what's called ghost mode. So Tesla has, I can't remember, like 2 million vehicles on the road. Do you know the number? 
Oh, I mean, it changes every six months. Yeah, have, it's, it's an insane yeah. amount of vehicles, but they're all running in what's called shadow mode. So the, the master stroke from Elon was to ship every single vehicle that they make with 100% of the sensors to do full self-driving or uh, at least autopilot. So these cars are driving around um, the world and they're mapping everything. But they don't have to pay for it. Their customers pay for it. So they have, and the cars update all this data every night. Um, so they go back to the master super Tesla mothership with all of this data. So the more cars they ship, the more cars that drive around, the more data they get, the more data they have, the faster they win the um, artificial intelligence competition. Ah, that's so cool. So what I'm hearing is every time there's another Tesla added to the street and every mile that that extra new Tesla is driving, they all share and pool that knowledge and thus the driving system becomes even smarter and better. Yeah, so I was driving my car and the car stopped out of nowhere or slowed down um, for a, I don't know, there's some type of object in the road and the autopilot saw that. And then um, a couple days later or a week later, my wife was driving and she comes home and she tells me her car just jammed on the brakes. I was like, out of curiosity, where did it jam on the brakes? It was in the same spot. So my car recorded this road hazard, whatever it was, uploaded it to the mothership, and then a couple whatever's later, her car models the same behavior. That's really cool. Yeah. And so they, um, I don't know how, what kind of super duper hocus pocus magic behind the scenes causes an event like that to occur, but they're already sharing the data. Mm -hmm. And so when you have a feedback loop that is that succinct, concise, and powerful, and it's shared amongst the network so that all of the cars get smarter. How do you beat that? So if you're Ford or you're GM and like Ford just launched their F-150, it looks like a at least a decent, if not good, electric vehicle. The range is crap, people will figure that out. But um, for a first kick at the can, it looks like it's a really good vehicle, right? And that's the end of it. It's a truck. Yeah, it's a truck. It's great. What intelligence does it have? Does it have full self-driving? Does it have any of those types of things? And when you peel back this whole onion, it's a truck. It will be inferior to the gas vehicles. Um, they're going to find that out in a hurry. They're going to still sell a bunch of them. Um, but the way that they're manufactured, they're going to end up, in all likelihood, they're going to end up costing Ford money. Hmm. So I'll give you an example of that. Um, Sandy Monroe is an engineer that tears down these cars and his company sells the reports, I guess, to other car companies. So there's a function in a car. I don't remember what it was, but Volkswagen used 69 parts to achieve that. I think it was Ford or GM used 48. Tesla used five. So they were able to accomplish the same goal within the car with five parts versus 90 something. So how do you, what's the cost uh, when it's functionally 20 times more complex, 20 times more parts? What's the cost of the company versus 120? I don't know, but the answer has got to be a hoku amount of money, right? Um, and Tesla just continuously manufactures more and more and more efficiently. So you've got that. You've got the AI side, you've got all of the data. Um, I think somebody said there are a thousand times more data than the next competitor or something. Maybe that's Kathy Wood on our She said, I don't know the exact number, but it's yeah. like, it was like a thousand times more than all the other competitors combined. But I mean, yeah. the, the, I, at, at that point, at that point, having more data doesn't help, but you need more of the corner cases. And then it becomes a problem of like, Number one, labeling the data well, and then yeah. number two, knowing which data to feed into the models. Mm -hmm. So it just be it becomes a different problem, but the problem is not a lack of data. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah, data wins every single time. So if you have a, a one out of a hundred thousand event that happens in a car 
which happens all the time, right? Like think it while you're driving, the crazy crap that comes up um, while you're driving. That one in a hundred thousand event is fed into Tesla's um, computer. And then out pops, like you look at a couple of different outcomes. What did the human do? And then you find the same problem that occurred to someone else somewhere in the world. What did the human do? And if the human corrected that problem, let's say 100 out of 100 times this way, then the computer can safely say that's the solution to it. And you go back to the Ford truck, Ford isn't collecting the data. It's just a truck. And it's crazy to think, like, does Ford even know how to collect the data? Or like, let's say they had data, would they know what to do with it? Probably at some low level, they're not unintelligent people, but it's not their game. They're a vehicle company. Tesla's an AI company. So to say that the, an AI company that happens to have a branch that manufactures incredibly well, but they, it's like a smartphone versus a dumb phone. The F-150 that just came out is a flip phone. You can make calls, you can text with it. It's a real hassle to text, but you can do it versus like the latest iPhone. That's the difference. Now, how do these two things compete with each other? They compete really well as long as all you want to do is make a phone call. As soon as you want to amp up your game to send like a group text, the F-150 can't do something like that. It's just not part of the equation. I wanted, I wanted to ask a question that uh, I think is similar to what you asked me. And so the question, the question had to do with what do you think, what do you think Tesla or this entire space could look like in 2030? Uh, and what are you, what are you excited about potentially seeing? And sure. like why, why this is obviously, because if you look at Tesla stock right now uh, and the expectation, at least for me, if the expectation is that they're only going to be an EV company, they're grossly overvalued. Mm -hmm. uh, and then just as a preset, I think if they're, if the expectation is that by 2030 we'll have self-driving loop like yeah. Tesla is then they're grossly undervalued and like can you talk about what you see that what you see that future could look like and like what are you excited about? Well the full self-driving will occur. If people think that's not going to occur, they don't understand the way that Tesla has built the improvement mechanism and the, the feedback loops. So when I started driving the car with autopilot way back when, it was, it was a little sketchy. It would do some things, you're like, uh, I don't know if that's really a great idea. And then an update would come to the car and this is all wireless and you don't do anything to get this update. Your car improves every day. Uh, well, yeah, every day. And then in two, every two weeks you get this new update and your car noticeably improves. It's the strangest thing right off the bat, right? So my old Honda CRV. God bless it. It didn't improve. It was an awesome vehicle, but it just aged politely. This one gets better and better. And you know, where is this going? You Tesla's creating a supercomputer, they call it Dojo, so that the feedback occurs faster. Because let's say you have to go through a million improvements. Well, do you do an improvement a day? Okay, great. We'll all be uh living in, in the cosmos by the time the cars drive, or if you can take those million improvements and do it, and by the way, at a million improvements, it drives itself perfectly. So how fast can you get to a million improvements? Well, you need data. So Tesla's got the data. Then you need a way to get the data into the computer and have the computer make sense of it. They have that. Um, it was done manually. Re, they've rewritten their software so that the data can now flow into the computer in a, semi-automated way now but about to be a completely automated way and they're building one of the fastest supercomputers on the planet so how do they get to that million improvements um year and a half two years that's what my my guess is because the cars will update the um they'll send the data up and then more than likely it'll be daily pretty soon when your car will just get an updated um package from from home office where uh, it just gets better and better 
And the car has a, that's called a neural net. The car has a neural net capability in the vehicle. It's not like, um, you know, Siri works a little bit when your phone's not connected to the internet. You guys ever tried that? Like you have no cell signal, it'll work a little bit, but it works much, much better when you get an internet signal. That'll be something similar for the, the car, except it'll work incredibly well without the internet signal, without calling home. It just, it all lives right in the car. Got it. So it's already got the latest update on that latest version. If it goes offline, it still has the latest update. Once it goes back online, it says, oh, wait, I don't have the latest update. I'll get the newest one and then yeah. it'll just and be the, that much better. The other cars like the Waymo approach, um, they have to stay within their geofenced area, meaning that if they wander off, it doesn't work anymore. Tesla's, their model is to go on any road anywhere. And so, you know, where does this go? Um, they have the cars, they'll have the semi-truck, which will change, that's going to change things incredibly. And nobody will care because it's all the behind the scenes stuff. Like how does the lettuce get to the produce section of the groceries or I don't really care. I just want the lettuce, but this will change how that occurs, how much it costs, those types of things. Then you've got the, the bus that they haven't announced, their little mini bus, but the most important thing. That's, well, they have the truck that's coming, which will be uh, sensational. Um, they created from scratch a brand new way to manufacture a vehicle. First time since Henry Ford did it. It's, it's novel, meaning it's completely unique. And then they're doing the $25,000 um, far more inexpensive vehicle where those are going to be mind-blowing. So imagine for... 200 a month maybe you can get a car and oh by the way you could probably have an insured vehicle for 200 a month because tesla's got an insurance on they have all of this data so they know the risk of car crashing so they started an insurance company so that they could sell the insurance for a hell of a lot less than other people and in some cases what is it 80 percent less or something some of these guys are paying uh to be fair, I looked it up for me and it was more expensive yeah. <laughs> than my plan. Uh, but yeah, for it won't stay that way. But some of them were paying like I saw online. Some yeah, some like some people had some people had way way less, and maybe maybe I'm driving too recklessly. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, so you look at the that car where it's twenty five thousand, maybe two hundred bucks a month, where it includes insurance. How do the other companies compete with that? It's not like a Tesla's a slow cheap car. But even if it was a Honda Civic and it was 200 a month and it included insurance, now you've got a car for about four times what your cell phone costs. Wow. That's I really mean, interesting. That's imminent. When do you think that's going to happen? 2023 to 2024, somewhere there. That's when true. the Austin factory and the Berlin factory get up and running, um, well, that's when we're going to do that. Got it. And, and that, would that... Is that a newer vehicle? They yeah, brand new vehicle. Yeah. Do you know what it's called? Is there a name no, for yeah, it? Is there a letter? They they called it the Model Two, but sexy but two. That doesn't, that doesn't. That name doesn't make sense. And also, I doubt. I doubt it's actively being worked on. So I doubt they've thought about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Actually, well, don't know. We don't know if it is or if it isn't. They don't leak very often at the company. They're pretty good at that. Mm. All things considered, but one thing to wrap up your question the, uh we have little kids seven and ten years old and i've already told them that they won't have to worry about drinking and driving it's, so. it's non-existent by that by that age in the in the six to seven well probably four to six year range um as long as the weather is reasonable uh that won't be an issue yeah the thing i'm worried about there is just how slow just governance by local municipalities will take to update especially the thing that i do wonder also is we've currently got gas powered cars and now we're getting into the ev the electrical vehicle market and we've got companies like tesla leading the way but now we've also got other quote-unquote competitors or just people participating and growing into the ev market where they don't have ai vehicles but they do have ev vehicles so when Ford, when GM, and et cetera, they all introduce and start having a lot more EVs on the road, we're going to have three types of vehicles in a way, right? Yeah. And so then how do you start to think, or 
how do governments and municipalities start to think about creating laws for that when if what we're saying is we have is it level five autonomy, full autonomy mm -hmm. for self-driving. If that's the case for say Tesla is the first one to ever truly get that, how will your kid I'm just I hope that the day comes where people can drink and autonomously get driven home. Yeah. I just I'm worried. I just I guess this, I'm just worried. Well, there's a couple points to that. The um, on the, the drinking and driving side of things, um, I use that example because it's an immediate improvement to humanity. Folks shouldn't drink and drive, but look, it's been happening for as long as there have been people, probably horses. People drank and rode back in the day. Um, Yeehaw! Yeah. Let's go home, buddy! <laughs> Can you imagine? So That would be really fun. That will change society in its own right. You'll have the fact that people aren't dying. They're not causing these awful collisions and calamities to people. You'll have decreased um, uh, fine revenue through the courts because it won't be $12,000 for a DUI anymore. That goes away. The body shop impact for cars and fixing these cars from these accidents, that goes away. Um, and then you, it's a whole trickle down effect. But it doesn't have to be all or none. It doesn't have to be level five or bust because right now autopilot is 10 times safer than a human driving. So the next full self-driving will probably be best guess around a hundred times safer than human driving at a, we'll call it like an early level. And as it goes through these feedback loops, it gets better and better and better. The next bump up will be a thousand times. So when do the regulators for the government turn around and say, where's the tipping point? The Maxwell, uh, Glad, what's his name? Gladwell, uh, Malcolm, tipping, Gladwell? Malcolm, yeah. Tip, tipping point, um, you know, where's that for the regulators? And the answer is somewhere in that, in that realm. But it also, it's not like a nationwide thing. It's already legal in Nevada and Florida to have self-driving cars, although there aren't any. Um, so there's, I think there's other states too. I don't know what they are, but some of these states. Exactly. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, there you go. Aren't yeah, a lot of Waymo out there? Yeah. So those are places where weather isn't a problem, right? Um, weather will, like snowstorm driving, will be solved at some point, but they're not going to start there. Why would they? Start on the, you know, when you can see out the window and it's all crystal clear and that type of thing. So you'll have these states where Tesla's will flourish. And you have other states where Tesla and the next company to come up with this won't. Um, what, what Elon said, um, at, at some point, all the car companies will have self-driving. What will separate Tesla is their manufacturing capability. They are truly unbelievable when it comes to that. Like the, the F-150, Ford will be upside down on that. They'll be losing money every truck that they sell. Um, at some point, one would hope that they stop doing that or it becomes unsustainable. On the Tesla side, they, they're the exact opposite. They're punching out money. Like it's coming out of a, a, a printer with these cars. Um, Pierre Faradou, one of the Tesla analysts, well, I don't know if he's a Tesla analyst, but he's an analyst, financial analyst. Yeah, he's a... He's a equity research uh, analyst at a, it's like New Street Research, but yeah. really cool French guy. Yeah, and he he's really smart. Like he gets this company incredibly. And, and what he's been saying the last couple of days is there's only one thing that matters and that's um, the amount of cash. Like let's say if Tesla spends a dollar on a factory, they're currently getting, was it 23 cents out this year? 23 um, cents back as their profit? No, yeah, they're, they, um, their dollar spend creates 23 cents in, in cash. Okay. Per year. Right, per year, which is astounding. Except next year and the year after, he expects them to go to 38 to 40 cents. And he says the high-end number would be $1 spent in a year creates 50 cents in profit. Now that's um, not, it doesn't matter what your accounting tricks are because there's all kinds of ways to change your accounting tricks. That is the absolute first principle fundamental. Is this company making money or not? They are absolutely 
smoking it. The only comparable is Taiwan Semiconductor, which makes, well, arguably most of the computer chips in the world. And they're 30 times larger than the second place um, company that makes computer chips, which is you know, mildly terrifying. Um, but they, uh, they get, is it 40 cents on the dollar? So when they spend 100 billion on a chip manufacturing facility, um, they're getting 40 billion per year out of it. Wow. That's amazing. And Tesla's going to exceed that. Is that in profit or in revenue? In cash. In cash. Yeah. So then they have to deduct their expenses, obviously. But yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, kind of last topic before we go on to our next topic. Uh, I was wondering in the present day, like today, what do you think is wildly, what's one thing that you think is wildly misunderstood about Tesla? And what is your response to that? Hmm. The biggest thing would be the AI, the stuff you can't see, the not the under the hood, that's long term, the behind the curtain that they have. Like, for example, um, they don't use software to run their company that's bought, they create it all. They, um, they approach everything from the first principles side of things. So way back, I don't know how many years ago, they figured out that you have to do X, Y, Z in order to do this full self-driving. And they were mostly right. And then they decided their software wasn't good enough. So they paused, they functionally paused everything for what, like six months or so. Well, they rewrote the software and then they launched it and it was magnificently better half a year they changed the entire paradigm and now they're about to launch their next software package um, which delivers the full self-driving beta and can a car company do that that's easy the answer is no they're not a car company they're a, they're a technology company they're software they're all of those things and that was what they were maybe a year or two ago um, then they hit a ceiling and then they moved to the artificial intelligence side of things. So at the end of the day, like Uber is a great example of this here in the hotel we're at, we have the ability to go from one place to another. We hop on our phone, boop, 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 out comes a car. How does that car get to the front of the hotel? I don't know, it's magic. It would have been magic five years ago, right? And now we just take it for granted. So what's the difference between that car showing up at the hotel, the human in it, or without a human. Totally. That's actually, I really wanted to ask you this question is Tesla, autonomous vehicle, AI driving, yada, yada, but they have such a large market cap. And as someone who's so well read on it, what I'm trying to wonder is, I'm asking for you, dad, is <laughs> dad buys Tesla. We love it. But the one thing is, how does one justify the market cap, the valuation that they're raising at or you know people are yeah. reading it at and it's what is it 600 billion i'm making up a number i don't remember but something very very large and i don't know if it's 30 or 50x revenue that they're pricing it at but what i'm wondering is what do you see and have heard because i'm still catching up on a lot of the conventional forward like not just two years five years but 10 20 maybe 30 year out vision of elon and anyone else yeah. up there so in your, your words, what have you seen that makes you excited once we reach level five autonomy and have the self-driving vehicle? What else does Tesla, well, is there really anything else? Like, why are they so expensive? Why are they valued so yeah. highly? Well, the stock market looks forward um, with all of that. And they were at around 900 bucks a share like 100 days ago or something like that. Um, I'm a shareholder and admittedly I bought some at 800 and I was that was dumb because they were they were slightly overvalued and then it's come down a little bit and now they're undervalued rather dramatically actually. Um, the there's a guy named Gary Black. He's a fellow that I follow on Twitter. He's a professional investor and he calculates the PE ratios and a bunch of that fancy stuff, um, comparing to other companies like Google, Facebook, all those massive massive companies. Tesla's wildly undervalued. Why? Um, 
this is still a car company for those people. So yeah. what is it going to be? An AI transportation as a service company on the vehicle side of things. It has the energy business, which um, will be decentralized energy management for the grid. So um, my friends have these power walls, which is essentially a colossal monster battery stuck to the wall in their garage. They have solar on the roof. Solar comes in, it charges the batteries, the power wall. Then they have the fancy software that if there's extra, it sends it to the grid. If there's less, it takes the electricity in from the grid. Tesla has software that manages the whole thing. They do nothing, it manages the whole thing. And then what Tesla is going to be doing, and in some parts of the world it's already doing, is it takes a percentage off of that. So if there's a shortage of electricity, it'll supply electricity to the grid. Australia, um, their big, or Hornsdale Reserve, I think it is, is this one? Um, 100 megawatt battery in the middle of an area of Australia where the electricity just goes on and off. And like, how do you keep a hospital running when your electricity goes on and off, things like that. So they did this big battery. The software figures out when to send juice this way and when to send juice this way, and they make money off of it. Did I miss something? They're, they're creating an electrical grid? Or they just created the power cap? There's a battery. Okay. Yeah. Like in Texas, when the snow came this year, and if that region had one of these big batteries, the power wouldn't have gone. Got it. So I know of the power pack and, and Solar City being acquired by Tesla and such. But so you're saying there's an even bigger battery than a power pack? Yeah. Oh, interesting. It's utility. Um, yeah. I mean, you take 100 acres or something like that and fill a chock full of batteries. Um, which is what they did in the main one in Australia, and it provides a colossal amount of electricity. So when the grid needs, right now, when the grid needs more juice, they, they turn on a natural gas or a coal peaker plant, it's called. The, the big, one of those big, enormous things with smokestacks turns on. And they have to keep it on until the grid doesn't need the juice, and then they turn it off. So this whole thing sits there unused until they need it. And Tesla's, well, and the pollution is ridiculous. The um, Tesla's approach is just charge the battery, wait till the whole thing needs some juice, and then give it some juice. Got it. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is Tesla has such a high market valuation priced in due to the fact that it is creating not just an autonomous self-driving vehicle solution, but it's creating an end-to-end -end user solution and a lifestyle solution for someone to one, have a car that's fully autonomous. Two, it's able to be fully self-serving to others and or yourself to create almost an uh, automated taxi cab service where yeah, people taxi basically yeah. a robo taxi. And then three, you can park it in your garage. You can also buy a, another product from Tesla that's the solar panels if we go that route and then yeah. the power pack. And then from that, you then recharge your, your Tesla and keep going. And keep yeah. making the dollars. Well, Apple used to just sell iPhones, right? Yeah. Apple was just a cell phone company. No. <laughs> like, if you're thinking of Apple as, yeah, they sold MacBooks, right? We're recording this on a MacBook right now. We have the MacBook adapter, the chargers. Yeah, they're just a computer company. Is that really a valid description of Apple nowadays? They're a services company. Yeah, so they've got... Uh, if you look at where their revenue comes from, they're two trillion in market cap, and almost all of it, almost all of their modern revenue came from one device, and that's an iPhone. So Tesla's got the cars, it's got the solar. The solar is going to take off at some point. Um, it's been a slow run with that because I think they've had their hands full in other areas. They're doing the solar roof. They're they're doing all of these really neat things but they're not taken off yet gosh i wish the solar roof took off and i wish our hoa would allow it but also i wish i could afford it <laughs> yeah. that thing is beautiful yeah it's is. dual angle tint you have it look like shingles or whatever you call yeah. them and then it actually solar panels and there's no it's flat on your roof my goodness it's such a beautifully designed they also i think got like rocket scientists yeah. to shoot like like there's like a a, a, a certain temperature of certain like flammable substance to shoot rockets that they were testing on the shingles if i remember correctly that 
to make sure that they don't it's melt and they last. Hail, yeah, hail and stuff. They shot. Yes, yeah, they like they've got the ability to generate the electricity, store the electricity, um, use the electricity for transportation purposes, and then do it in an autonomous, robotic-like manner that's coming. Then they have all of the data that's generated by this. What is the equivalent in the stock market today of that company? I think we forgot the battery packs. Right? What's the storage? Oh, this, but but they're creating. They're they're creating. They're going to be the leader of the lithium-ion creators. Yeah, they so already they, are. Yeah. And and just the gigafactories too as a whole business yeah. model. So, so and that's the, the other arm of it is their manufacturing capability is mind-blowing. Um, soon to be. Right now it's not there yet, but they, they will be. So what other company is there like that? And the way I explained it to somebody is imagine if in 1915 or whatever it was, you could go back and buy General Electric. That's the closest thing that I could think of. You've got a company that that put spider webs into all of industry, like they jet engines, turbines, light bulbs, toasters, like, right? They my water filters, right? Like, what don't you guys make, right? Um, and Tesla's approach is on super high margin stuff, um, and they make it super high margin, but it didn't used to be. They just make it better and better and better, uh, and their manufacturing approach creates the margin. So going back to that Pierre's comment, when they're spending a dollar and getting 40 cents out of their dollar every single year, what is that stock price going to turn into? You know, Taiwan Semiconductor is what, number six, number seven, maybe number eight, largest corporation in the world by market cap. So, and I'll bet you 98% of people never heard of it, right? But look at the amount of money that they generate. I bought some though. <laughs> I heard of it. I like yeah. them. <laughs> yeah. So then what is what is Tesla worth? Kathy Wood from ARC, she says it's worth four thousand bucks in twenty twenty-five. If robo taxis work like Elon says they are, my guess is that's probably low. I wouldn't be surprised if that's a little low. Because all of those projections don't include energy. And that's true. Tesla's battery constrained right now. And however, Berlin, they're creating this mystically large warehouse next to the factory. They can't call it a battery factory because then it slows the permitting down throughout West Germany. They Austin has uh I mean Texas will allow them to do whatever the heck they want. 4680s, Cybertrucks, Model Ys. The semis will be built soon because oh, yeah, they'll have enough soon. batteries um and then they'll have enough batteries for the like elon's sandbagging a whole bunch of this stuff there's no doubt in my mind thanks elon yeah and so God. they're when they get enough batteries they're and, and by the way that's something that the media doesn't talk about at all tesla's manufacturing their own batteries mm. ford is buying gm's buying those companies are buying their batteries. They are supply constrained and they will never be um, in a situation where they're not supply constrained because the companies that make these batteries can't make enough of them. Did you realize their, their test facility to make 4680s was like, it was like, I forgot, I forgot. I looked into it, but it was like the eighth largest battery plant in the world, but it was a test facility. Yeah. Um, that's the one right yeah, down the yeah. road from their Fremont factory. What's the 4680? It's, it's the new the, cell. They created a new battery that is, was it 60 some percent more efficient? Yeah, so it's- I can't remember the chart. It's wider. It doesn't have, it doesn't have the, uh, like the little end. Uh, Calus, it's, yeah. it's a slightly different material. And it's, it's all made in mind with what materials are easy to get what materials are gonna work really well and just from the ground up like from a manufacturing perspective they looked into it and said how can we make a better battery that like works really well and they but just, not just a better battery they looked at the entire end-to-end -end process right so i need a battery all the way through to it's in the vehicle or in the power wall 
and it wasn't just the manufacturer the what how the battery performed it was the entire manufacturing process so they don't look at it as we need batteries they look at it as from the start to the end and make the entire shebang all as efficient as they can they optimize it that's amazing yeah so with these when these batteries start churning out and that's sometime this year 2021 elon just announced that the uh, austin factories a couple days ago will be using these 4680 cells so they're already creating parts in the austin factory and they don't even have the walls on Wow, and there's just yeah, a little the, bunch the of drones uh, fly over and catch all this stuff. There's just a bunch of manufacturing improvements. So like cars right now have a battery pack, yeah, that will hold a bunch of battery cells, like yeah. a bunch of batteries, right? And yeah. then they, like, there's they're just like, do we even need the battery pack? Like, let, why don't we design the the it's redundant? Why don't we design the structure of the car so that we can just put in the battery cells and it's it's lighter. It's yeah. It's there's no pack. It's like anymore. right. The way he described it was an airplane wing, where the gas in the air, the aviation fuel used to go into a bladder, in the wing, and then they figured out that the it was uh, cargo. The bladder was essentially cargo. So if they eliminated the bladder, and they were able to get the fuel directly into the wing, then you you don't have to haul around all this extra weight. So what? what like what you were just saying is, uh, they they got they turned the battery into a piece of the structure of the vehicle, so that the you don't have like a box with a battery in it, in a a box with a case inside with a battery in it, and then different pouches of batteries. They basically have these new forty six eighty cells in on a metal floor. They line them all up. And they put a roof on it. Like they got a bottom, a top, the walls, and that's it. Or is that interchangeable? So I was looking at this. Um, gas stations are going to be a thing of the past if they don't innovate to electrical charging services someday. There's this interesting concept I was reading that's a startup right now that's trying to create interchangeable battery packs so that you can mitigate and minimize, if not eliminate, the charging recharge time, right? To yeah, maybe a five Neo, minute. Neo, I thought China's doing that. Okay, so with that, is this also going to be possible? Is Tesla talking about that or thinking about that with no. regards to? It's a horrible, horrible solution to the problem. Oh, tell me more. Um, battery stops. Yeah. Battery stops, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, uh, it, it comes down mainly to the efficiency of all of it. Uh, when all of this started, it was a good idea because it took so long to charge a battery of the electric car. Now the Teslas on their superchargers charge in all likelihood 30 minutes. So I've been driving these things long enough where I've seen the level of improvement. It's 30 minutes now when that 4680 cells come up. They didn't tell us how long that thing's going to charge, take to charge, which means there's some type of really big surprise, awesome surprise mm -hmm. coming our way for those things. But um, the, you're probably looking at around 15 minutes of useful charge time for the next, for the 4680 cells, maybe 20 minutes. However, there's a human limitation to that. It's called your bladder. And your ability to chew on potato chips and beef jerky from the gas station, right? So when people stop to charge, you go into the gas station, you use the bathroom, you go buy yourself a whatever, a bag of chips and your, your uh, 150 ounce super big gulp. <laughs> Man, like, you uh, go hard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah where you need like your friend to help you carry the car. And, and your car's almost charged by that point in time. Well, next right. time we just ask Elon, I need an automated bot to carry that. So you don't need a friend, you know, yeah. just carry it to your Tesla. So the, the concept of the battery swapping side of things, that's going to take about 10 minutes, which is better than the way it is now. However, it is massively expensive. Mm -hmm. You have to pay to create all these batteries that just sit around. Mm -hmm. And you're battery constrained. So instead of putting that spare battery into a car, and selling the car for forty or fifty thousand, you're selling it for zero. It's just sitting. Tesla also had a battery swap station at, at one point, and no yeah. one used it. So, 
say you have a Tesla right now, and the 40, I just forgot the number, 4680? Yeah. 4680 comes out. Are you able to, on your older model, to have that battery put in? No, oh, okay. and it's, it's, not a, it's not a big deal because I don't, after a while, like you get really excited about this, but after a while, you're like, I don't care. I don't care what is in the car to make it go. I just want it to go. Like an average person doesn't think about the technology. They don't know any of these terms. They just want to get in the car, end up at their destination, get home and, and have more juice in the tank. So you, we can't upgrade the battery easily per se. They can replace the battery, but you can't upgrade the battery per se. Um, that's not a big deal. You know, the, the Cybertruck range, the, uh, I guess the more expensive one, would be about a 500 mile range and an average vehicle across these fleets of different types is between 250 to 300. So Tesla's all about 300 now, I think, except for maybe their short range one or something. But the Ford truck just came out with 250 miles, which I will absolutely giggle hysterically if somebody gets 250 miles out of that thing. And then they have the 300 mile version. So you, you know, in reality, you don't need too much more than that. And definitely don't if you're in a Tesla because the supercharges are everywhere. In a Ford F-150, I don't know. That's incredible. Yeah. So. Wow, go EVs. Right. Go Tesla. Oh yeah. But, you know, getting back to the stock side of things, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Tesla's running around Four thousand bucks a share, thirty-five hundred to forty-five hundred by twenty twenty-five, and somewhere north of ten thousand by twenty thirty. You heard it here first, yeah. Yeah, right. the Moon Tea Podcast. And so I think that's a really good place to do a quick pause and a break because this is going to be a two-part series with Senor Mike or Doctor Mike or just the man himself. So what we're <laughs> going to do is we're going to have a slight little break for a few minutes. We're going to close this episode out. So. Hang tight, tune in next week. But thank you so much for tuning in to the Moon Tea Podcast, episode 12, where we talk about craft, community, and building meaningful careers, as well as a lot of other things. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, thank you so much. Tune in next time. See ya. Peace.